Now then, welcome to the Midlife Film Catch-Up, a podcast where each week two friends approaching midlife analyse a film they've never seen before. We're watching a film from each year since the year we were born. We started in 1983 and now we're on the year 2002. My co-presenter is a man who has worked as a comedian, a filmmaker, a one-stop shop manager, a sandwich board executive and a children's story conduit, Chris Jenkins. Hello, nice to meet you all. Um, Chris, do you want to maybe um, introduce yourself by giving us two strengths and one weakness? Two strengths, I'm a team player, a strength one, strength two, I'm passionate about customer service. And a weakness is um, uh, perhaps I'm too too punctual. Too punctual. Yeah, I, I can be too punctual. Can we, can we drill into that? Can we what? Can we drill into that? What does too punctual mean? What is that? I'm, I'm too on time. I'm too um, too reliable. I'd say that's a weakness of mine. Okay. If you if you were to hire me, I could work on that, but you know. What would working on that entail? I could be late, if you want. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. It's a, that's my weakness. No, that's good, that's good. Um, I think we should start by addressing the elephant in the room. Definitely. Um, we're doing this IRL, would you say? Yeah, I'd say so, yeah, yeah. Um, for, for newbies, that means in real life. In real life, TBH. Um, to be honest, mm-hmm. we are doing this in real life. We're in... 66 Garrick Street, L74LF. Um, do you want to give Do you want to give that information away? I mean, it's just our friends, just our friends listening, isn't it? Not really. I, well, there's a Bel- is there a Belgian? There's at least one Belgian. Is that? But you know, it could be Mike Dolman using a VPN. Have you asked him? No, but he's never ever mentioned the podcast, so I'm pretty sure it's not. It's not Mike. He's, you know, he would have mentioned it. He's a, he's the kind of person who would mention that if he was listening. Um, all right, well, we can bleep it. And we're in my house, we're in the sitting room, and I'm face-to-face with Sam with a pine a pine table between us. First time we've ever recorded the podcast in the same room together. It is, so it's, it's going to be very odd. Usually we have two. We're looking at a monitor each. Yep. We're at other sides of South Liverpool. Yep, yeah, I'd got say so. The luxury of temporal space. Japanese. Not tempura. Right, right. Um, screens, notes on screens. I've actually got a screen in front of me. Um, yeah. You haven't. Your. No, I, I've, I've got it. I've got, all my notes are in my head or on my phone. Au naturel. I'm going au naturel today. Should want clothes. Should. I, yeah, yeah. I'll put some clothes on. Let me slip into something less comfortable. And the other elephant in the room. We haven't had a podcast for how many weeks? Four. Four weeks. Um, why would you say that is? Life circumstances. Yeah, I've been pretty busy. Music festivals, trip to Edinburgh to pick up my new car, Napoleon, Renault Megane. 2010 SG10 KZM diesel. Do you want to explain the, the, why you're calling it Napoleon? Uh, it's it, what is it? The model is dynamic, so I thought Napoleon dynam, dynamic. 
Uh, it's uh, road tax is only thirty five pound a year. Is that good? That's that's inc- that's incredible, incredible. Is that one of the was that one of the selling points why? Yeah, that that is literally why I got it because um, long story short, to my my beloved elder car Alan, if I'd taken that in for MOT, which it's due for, I think it, we would have been looking at maybe five hundred to get it up and running again. Uh, so yeah, big saving on the road tax compared to my last car, and this car was not too expensive. And where's where's Alan now? Uh, I sold him to a a scrap merchant in Fife. Fife in, in Edinburgh. Yeah. Okay. They they came. They collected the car. A man with lots of tattoos. Uh, gave me the V five C logbook. Gave me the new keeper slip. Contacted the DVLA. Bish bosh bash. Chris, let's stay in Scotland. Right. Because this week's film is Morven Calla. Saunders, Lynn Ramsey. Lynn, some call Lynn Saunders, some call Lynn Ramsey. Right, different schools of thought. On yeah, that. yeah. Good research. Um. So what? So I'll I'll I'll, I'll summarize the film, shall I? Yeah, some sort of prognosis. What's uh, give give it to me straight? So Morvan Kalar is the um. What's the what's the word when it's when it's um, the name of the. The title is the name. The title eponymous. Eponymous. It, is that is that what it? Is? Yeah. When is that when a band releases an album that's the same name as yeah. the band? So could you call the star of this? What would you say the eponymous star of the film? The eponymous character. The the eponymous protagonist or something. The eponymous or, protagonist. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Alan. What other epon- eponymous protagonist can you name? You've mentioned one already. Napoleon Dynamite, um, Barry Lyndon. Probably I rewatched that yesterday. Probably my top three. Not many. There's not many. It, isn't there? Not if we're saying all like we can say Wayne's Wild. Wayne is in the title, but mm. full name. Do we know his second name? Campbell. Oh yeah, of course. Um, Steptoe and Son. No. The the movie is. Still not full name, is it? It's not Harold Stepser. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah. What's the dad called? I don't know, but you're right about that. Yeah, and one of them's called Harold Stepser. The the dad. Yeah. No, no. Harold is the is the nephew. son. Uh, son. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're we're out of our depth. Ghostbusters. Come from there. Wider than that. Keep wider than that. They are Ghostbusters, so aren't they? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's di- that's different. They got they got different names, have they? Yeah, it's not called Ray Venkman, is it? Yeah, Spengler. Egon Spengler. Okay. Yeah, you got me. Um, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. Eponymous protagonist Morven Caller. We meet eponymous protagonist Morven Caller um, waking up in the same room as her. Boyfriend, yeah. Her boyfriend's deceased. Yes. There's a 
suicide note on a very old PC laptop, desktop laptop. Yeah. De- sorry, desktop PC. Desktop Acorn Archimedes, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Not only a suicide note, there's a... Hewlett-Packard is more realistic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Let's not get bogged down in that. There's a uh, suicide note and a novel written by the deceased boyfriend who has committed suicide. Correct. Correct. You're doing brilliantly. Yeah. M- Marvin Callar, the eponymous protagonist, um, straight away, cool as ice. Yeah. Deletes the name of her boyfriend, deceased. Off the manuscript. Off the manuscript and puts her own in there. On on the suicide note, there's instructions to send the manuscript to the first publisher on the list. She does thence. Good. Um, with her name attached to it. She does, and she takes the money from... He left money in his bank account for the funeral, £3,800. Mm-hmm. She takes the money and she goes on holiday with her best friend from the supermarket. Lana. Uh, Lana. Lana. Did they go to Spain? Yeah, I mean, before that, it's New Year's Eve. Okay, you want to go into that much detail? Well, I just want to say that. It's a Christmas film. Yeah, it's a Christmas film. And then they come back from Spain. The first publisher she sends it to, they do a deal for £100,000. £100,000. They fly out to Spain to meet her. Yeah. Fly fly out on her holiday and meet her, and uh, is that is that everything? Um, oh, oh, and she disposes of it. She cuts up the body. And she doesn't tell it. anyone that the boyfriend is deceased. It transpires in the relationship between her and a friend Lana that Lana has previously slept with the boyfriend. Um, there's something else I was going to mention there. Yeah, and she she confesses to her at one point that he's dead, but she doesn't listen. She doesn't listen. Uh, uh, they just think. That he's left, he's got up and left. What were you going to mention? I can't, I can't remember. Um, but they go on a, a bloody good holiday to Spain. Yeah. Um, they come back. Marvin Callar is talking about moving away. A friend says, a friend gets annoyed and says, "There's nothing wrong with here. It's the same crap that's everywhere. So stop dreaming." Mm, good quote. But let's not get, let's not get down into the themes and the issues covered in the film yet. Let's have our quick thoughts. Oh, this is what I was going to mention. Go for it. Um, he also leaves a tape, uh, a mixtape for her, which is a soundtrack to the film. Yeah, and um, ruddy, ruddy good soundtrack, I'd say. L- but let's not get into that. Right. <laughs> All right, do you want to do your quick thoughts? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, um, shoot. So I... Everything about this synopsis of this film, and I knew it was Scottish, I knew there was a suicide involved. Scottish, do they say Scottish or Scotch? Uh, I think the, I think it's Scottish now, really. Is it? Is it? Right. Yeah. It's changed. Yeah, it's hard to keep up, isn't it? It is, it is, so many changes these days. Um, <laughs> Scottish, suicide, winter, I thought it was going to be a bleak film. Mmm. Um... And Chris, I have to say, I found anything but good, good, uh, good summary there. Is that is that are there your quick thoughts? I lo- I really really enjoyed it. The the soundtrack was a big part of that. The fact that it's Scottish was a big part of that. It it re it it, it reinstated my faith in Scottish in Scottish Scottish cool. 
Oh, we, oh right, in Scottish cool. Um, what's your relationship to Scotland? Um, so I watched Train Spotting um, in about 1998. Yeah. Fast became one of my favorite one of my favorite films. Yeah. I read the book in I'd say it's about this year, it went to 2002. It became my favorite book. Last year it became your favorite book. What did I say? You said 2022, <laughs> I think. 2002. I'm going to roughly guess is when I read Train Spotting. 2002. Yeah. Yeah, it's 21 years. Uh, and it's one of the few books that I've reread. How many books have you reread? Uh, probably only a couple that I've actually reread. Yeah, probably only a couple. Mr. Nice. Uh, I've probably read that once. Uh, there's a book up there called The Diary of a Nobody. Uh, it's like a. And I've read that twice. And who's that by? George Whedon Gross Smith. And it's a satirical diary from. It's a bit like it's a bit like Alan Partridge, but in the 18th century or 19th century, early 19th. Right. Okay. Very, very silly. Right. Funny book. Yeah. Um, any other books up there that I've reread? I might have reread *The Art of Happiness* by the Dalai Lama. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of David Sedaris ones I might have reread. They're they're easy on the easy on the eye. Uh, but yeah, don't read too many books twice. How many books would you say regular listeners to the podcast Liam Nolan's reread? I don't know if he was if he's a rereader, but I'd say, but I know he's a as you know, he's a voracious reader. Me, me, I, I don't read much these days. Okay. Yeah, but you're you're reading a lot, aren't you? I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to pick up some of the tips that Liam's given me about. He says read when you're boiling the kettle. That's one of the things that he says. Is that dangerous? Mm, no. I'd say that's. I'd say I would listeners. I would not advise to do that. Why? What's going to happen? You could burn yourself. Putting. So the kettle is just yeah. modern kettles. You yeah. just flick a switch and then it it sort of boils and you got that dead time. And Liam says, "No dead time. Read. Read." He's got his basically slogan is, "No dead time. No full de- stop. Read. No dead time. Read." I, I I don't know how he does it because he's also like really into Twitter and stuff. So that that I'm, I would imagine that that requires you to look at your phone a lot. Mm. You know that to keep he, he's he's up to date on like current events and stuff and funny things. So you know like reading a book, looking at your phone. I, I, two kids. I, I, um, I commend you. Yeah, it's it's well, it's all down to that, isn't it? No dead time read. I think. No dead time. Read. Always be, always be closing. ABC. Always be learning. Someone um, said that once humans give up on learning, they give up on living. We that's are good. creatures that need to be learning all the time. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think that's why I set myself up to do so many things. That I think that's why I go down a lot of avenues. Stop then go down another avenue, stop, go down another avenue, stop. Whereas some people can just go forward in one thing and keep doing it. And which is the best avenue, which is the best route? Your, your many avenues. Are- uh, I, I know I'd say that that's a stumbling block for me. Cause like, cause I just get bored easily and I have to, I guess I am continuously learning in the creative things that I'm doing. It, it's just that they haven't come to fruition just yet. Just yet. Yeah. 
Yeah. But that I think life's a journey, isn't it? Yeah, it's a roller coaster. It's a journey. It's um, full of surprises. Yeah, no surprises, as Tom 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 York would say. You got to keep it surprise surprising, haven't you? Yeah, keep it spicy. What have you, What have you done to keep it spicy this week? This week, I have to keep it spicy. This week, yeah. Um, I, I will have done something. I know. Well, you we did. What was it? You had oat milk, didn't you? Just then, in, in, in that tea. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I had oat milk in this t- uh, today. I always write a men menu for the meals for the week ahead. Yeah, uh, and I, I go from a book called Bosch a lot of the time, which is a vegan cookbook. I've heard of this, um, and I've always just copied down the recipes, but. This time, I've created my own Bosch bowl. Right. What's this? So it's so a Bosch bowl is basically you've got um, a grain, a protein, a sauce, something else, and something else. Is is it a German cook? This? No, they're no. like um, wacky Instagram quinoa. Uh, no, they use quinoa. Right. Um. They're like wacky Instagram quinoa. It's pronounced quinoa, isn't it? You got it. You put it the wrong way round. Joaquin. Oh uh, no, sorry. You're thinking of the actor, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. You're. What are you saying, Joaquin? I'm saying that they're, they're wacky W A C K Y characters who create vegan recipes. Right, and and so you write down what you. What each weekday you, you plan in advance? What meal you're going to have? The the majority of the recipes in the book are very prescriptive. Such and such grams of this, you know, mm. so so many spoonfuls of X. Yeah. Whereas there's a page where it's like create your own Bosch bowl and there's lists of different things. So I've created my own Bosch bowl. Yeah, it's for kids. It's for kids. This book. No. Uh, no. You're doing this as an adult. As an adult. What? Cooking for myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So it kind of it kind of gives you a very limited system, and then says, "Oh, now you can have fun with it and do what you want." Yeah. But within the system, mm-hmm. structure will set you free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's a that's a good. That's a good point. Limitations force you to be more creative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And this week, how have you made that spicy? That is it. That's that's it. You, you've written a list this week. Yeah. And last week, did you write the list? What? If you write a list every week then, and you've just done the same thing no. this week. So previously, I've just followed their own recipes, but this time I've put my own creativity within their structure. Right, okay. Because because they told you to. Yeah, I mean, they didn't tell. It was in the book. It was in the book. I can do what I want. No, you can. You can. Well, at least you... Um, yeah, it sounds like you breaking the mould. What were your quick thoughts on uh, Morven Colour? Um, I, I, I'd, I'd say this was a great film. Mm. I really loved it. It's great to see Samantha Mumba doing the 
Samantha Morton. Morton doing a brilliant acting role. Yeah. In this film, she couldn't stretch to a Scottish accent, though, could she? She couldn't. She, I think, she was playing a generic Londoner. Would you say, or Southerner? I think so. Yeah. Wasn't Cockney. It wasn't Cockney by any no. stretch. But she's Northern, I believe. Is she? I think so. Yeah, she was, got... I saw her on Would I Lie to You recently. Do you want to Google it? Um, I'm not connected to your internet. Oh right, okay. Um, and do do write in. Yeah, yeah. Please. Um, and I was watching Would I Lie to You with Claire, and I said to Claire, "Really nice skin. She's got uh, Samantha Morton's got really nice skin." How did Claire react to that? She, she agreed to all that, I think. Great. She was on Would I Lie to You? Yeah. Wow, it surprises me. I thought she was quite, like, quite serious. Mm. I read an interview with her, like, like 15 years ago and just dropped the in my impression that stayed with me is she's just, like, a very serious person. She, she was uh, going to the spirit of it. I, bu- I believe she grew up in the care system oh. and had a very tough upbringing. Okay. And I guess that, and it was quite a serious interview. So I guess I took, I thought that she was like very like intense, serious person. But that's I'll have to look look that up. There's people have different sides to them, don't they? They do. People can be multi-dimensional, can't they? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They, you know, we can allow, we can we can let them be that. Yes. Yeah. So I thought it was a great film. I would call this film a rites of passage film. Would right, you, read the passage. Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, I mean, I was going. To, one of the questions I was going to ask you was, what's this film about? I think it's rites of passage. I think my impression is that he's left her with the trauma of finding him, finding his body. He's left her with the responsibility of giving him a funeral and burying him. And I think she just, she kind of signs her own name on the manuscript and sells it in her own name and gets the money and goes on holiday with the funeral money. I think it's a kind of a like, she feels like, this is the least he could do for her or something by, by leaving her. So it kind of takes the view that like his suicide was selfish or something. Right, okay. And I think that's kind of like why you're on board with it, which is a really like controversial thing. To, I don't know what my opinion is on, on, on that at mm. all. Um, but it's like, um, yeah, um, you're fully kind of behind her, aren't you? I think so, yeah. I mean, it's it's really weird because, like, everything that she does, there's, like, this uneasy thing. Everything she does is very joyous. Like, she goes on holiday. She has this really good relationship with her best friend that she works at the supermarket with. Um, she's got she's listening to this really great music and then just hanging over this is the fact, well, you, you've left your boy... Your boyfriend died and you haven't done anything about the body and yeah, what's going to happen there. Why have you done that? And that none of those answers, those questions are answered. We don't really know how she felt about him. That that's the funny thing. Like, I thought that we were going to find out that they had a really bad relationship and that he was really horrible, and then you'd get behind her. But they didn't give any clue to that. And then I read on the IMDb synopsis like 
after her beloved mm. said did you read that she yeah. said after her beloved boyfriend commits suicide it's like well they didn't show any of that in in there like you know but maybe i don't know maybe whoever wrote that anyone can write this stuff on imdb yeah. I, I think so but yeah they didn't that was the interesting thing it was totally amb- ambiguous they didn't give you any uh clues of which side to take on the morals of it all mm-hmm. they didn't give you any hint it's just like an amoral take on on grief or something yeah it was almost like that was um that was like a sub text uh what do you call it a sub story sub narrative a under narrative yeah that was an under narrative wasn't it <laughs> and um the main story was her like relationship with her best friend yeah that's why i think it was a re- read the passage film yeah. because they grew she she grew Samantha Morton grows throughout the film. They go on holiday on a eighteen to thirty style holiday in Spain, but then Samantha Morton drags her best friend away from that that hotel and takes them into the countryside to experience the sort of real culture of Spain and mm-hmm. they see they see bull running, running the of bull. the running of the bulls and other things. And um yeah, it is like train spotting because Samantha Morton wants to get ahead and she kind of like leaves her. She, by the end of the film, she's le- left her friend behind. Her friend just wants to stay in Scotland and, and live as as local a life as possible. Mm-hmm. And Morton wants to get out and live her life, see the world just like Rent Boy does, Renton does in train spotting. Like he, he like Fs over his friends and, and goes off. Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah. Was there a huge change as a filmmaker when they left the um, hotel in Spain and then yeah. they got that ta- uh, that lift with that guy and there's that really good music in his... Gypsy Howard Marks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The taxi driver looked like a Howard Marks gypsy style. And the hue, can I call it the hue? I, 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 you're totally right. I thought they changed the film stock in the camera because it was shot on film, so it suddenly became... Suddenly shot on like a, a much more, much higher color temperature sort mm. of film. Like it was all it went suddenly went all like blue sky, bright yellow sunlight and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of quite. It was quite like. Yeah, it was quite quite jarring. But then you got used to it quite quickly. Yeah, it was quite quite a statement, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the way that the uh, running of the bull was filmed was fantastic wasn't it yeah yeah I did wonder how the cameraman got that close you know yeah a woman or what or camera woman it, it was it was a uh, it was a German fella oh right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Robbie Muller it wasn't our, our friend Robbie Muller it was Alvin something Al, Alkin Kula or something right yeah. but my other quick thoughts um at one point, it it, it, it it nearly fell into the Brits on holiday holiday genre. There was a really funny scene where there was the um, like uh, eighteen to thirties uh, activity where two people had to get into inside this thing and swap clothing. Yeah, and then they showed them afterwards, and the and the girl was dead miserable. Yeah, um, that it's, was it's fantastic. Su- it summed it up. Yeah, it? yeah, like. Yeah, and then and then from and then you saw her best friend Lana had all. Like in the next scene, had swapped clothes with a fella. Did you notice that? Well, I didn't she notice was that. topless and he was wearing her bikini. And 
you could just see like Lana was really into it and, then mm. and laughing her head off, and Samantha Morton was more more than was just standing there, like you know, not enjoying it. It's so, kind of that's where they, their paths diverged, isn't it? Yeah. So was Morven Calla because I don't we were meant to think she was a bit thick as well. It's a bit of a thicker, thicker deluxe. Uh, I've not heard that. I don't think so. I, I, I think I think maybe at the beginning you meant to think she was a bit green, a bit naive, a, right. bit, a bit inexperienced of the world. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, read the passage. Re- read the passage. But when I say I think in early fell into the Brits on holiday genre, talking about after sun, the uh, the lost daughter. With Olivia Colman, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, and, but then it, it what they didn't go away for too long. Uh, they got back to Scotland. Uh, I was happy with that. So, what are you are you criticising those two films? There, no, I really enjoyed them, okay, but I've just seen too many of them recently. Right, but my I'll finish off my quick thoughts. Um, I've never seen Monster Munch represented up on the silver screen until I watched this film. That's a good point. Yeah. She nice. ate a pack of Monster Munch. Did you notice that? I think so, yeah. And it, it looked like she was struggling a bit with them. I don't think she was struggling with them. I think she was just holding one of them in her mouth and it looked like she had fangs like a vampire. Almost. Uh, right. I think it was just like she was reading something and hadn't quite swallowed the... I thought it made Monster Munch out to be quite a, um uncomfortable snack. I don't think they were trying to make you think I don't think they were trying to denigrate Monster Munch on the silver screen I think if anything they were trying to elevate it yeah I'm I'm not denigrating it's just the experience of eating Monster Munch there's a lot of pleasure but there is some pain as well and they weren't shying away from that I've hurt myself on shredded wheat but I've, I've never hurt myself on Monster Munch I think it's sometimes left uh, uncomfortable sensation in my mouth if you've got a mouth ulcer an open wound in your mouth like an ulcer and you eat pickled onion monster munch, you, you'll get a bit of sting. Yeah, maybe that's it then. But, you know, it's a maize, it's a maize, it's a maize snack. Um, I, I find it quite easy to eat compared to some other crisps. Um, I mean, Disco's is like, it, I mean, that's acidic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that is acidic, yeah. Yeah. But Acid. It, do you think it's something, do you think they've done that on purpose? Acid house. What, with Disco's? Well, they're called Disco's. Acid, acidic, acidic. Yeah, maybe, maybe the, like, um, maybe there was some sort of weird bon viveur invented them, and he was like, "Yeah, acid, acid. These are really acidic. Let's call them disco, discos." That's good. Are they st- are they still available? They're still available. Yeah. Do you remember that news agent? It was at Cressington Wines. <laughs> we used to live next to. Um, they 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 sell a crisp in their shop called Thingies. Oh, right. It's like ten p a pack, so it's space raider kind of level. Space raider kind of level. Um, space raiders have gone up in price now. They're either fifteen or twenty p. Um, but yeah, thing they sell thingies for like ten p a pack or something. Um, and if you haven't heard of these crisps, listeners, I, I I think if you saw it in real life, you'd you'd have your childhood come back to you. So thingies have been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maze based. Maze based. I remember getting them from West Derby as a kid, like near my grandpa's house. 
like the cheapest crisp, like yeah. ch- cheaper than like Space Raiders. They were probably like five p in the mm. in the eighties or something. Right. Okay. Yeah. Crescenton wines. They they know what they're doing, don't they? They do. They do. <laughs> they do. You you we were big fans, weren't we? Yeah. It just they had. They had everything that you need, and they had everything that you didn't know you need. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You didn't know you wanted it until you went there. Um, and so you got your Monster Munch on the silver screen. Have you have you seen any other crisps on film? Uh, have I ever seen any other crisps on film? So what crisps have you got? You've got Seabrooks, you've got Discos, you've got McCoys. Brannigans. Brannigans. Lays. Yeah, I mean, when she got the packet out, they didn't show the logo because they were obviously advertising. They were, so it was... I caught the Walker's logo and it was a purple packet and I thought, oh, here we go. I don't know if I'm dealing with pickled onion, Monster Munch or Worcester sauce. Worcester sauce. Worcester sauce, uh, Walker's. But then as soon as she put the Monster Munch in her mouth, it was unmistakable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Monster Munch is a good sort of... Um, uh, a good metaphor for the film. All right, yeah, go on, go on. Because... I think I think of Monster Munch as a quite a bleak crisp. What? Um, well, the what? Very, I feel like they're very unhealthy. They, they've got monsters. They're monster. I never ate Monster Munch as a kid. Why not? I think Why because not? of what I'm saying now. I, I, I've never worked this through in my mind before, to be honest. Monster Munch is not a bleak crisp. And this isn't a bleak film. Yeah, but Monster Munch is like pure. Joy de vivre, like life, monster munch is life. Life, I, like you know, you're talking to someone who, I I I used to have a monster munch t-shirt. Like this is only going back five years. I used to wear a monster munch t-shirt. Like mm-hmm. um, our friend Craig Craig Sinclair, he's got a monster munch t-shirt as well. That someone screen printed for him. Like he's a monster munch art as well. I think hasn't he? He does monster munch paintings. Yeah, like I I love monster munch. I think the combination of monsters and pickled onion flavour put me off Monster Munch for a long time. Right, I see what you mean. I like I don't like horror based food. Like you used to be able to get like these jellies and they'd be like vampire fangs and stuff. Yes. Like I don't like that sort of thing. Horror based food. Yeah. And similarly But Mo- Monster Munch is not horror based food, I think. Monster. Munch. It's monster based, but you know, it's not it's of the monster genre. I don't think it's I don't think it's got blood involved or anything. I don't think it's meant to be spooky. A little bit, little bit spooky. Yeah, maybe the old adverts. Little bit spooky. So I, I might never have eaten Monster Munch, and I might never have. I wouldn't have ever watched this film if it wasn't for doing this podcast. And when no. I did eat Monster Munch, did, I loved it. What did this film make you eat Monster Munch? No, no, no. I've, you know, this is going back some, you know, a good six years. What made you eat Monster Munch? Um, I think I just felt, I just I just think one day I just saw him and thought this is ridiculous. Why aren't I eating Monster Munch? Yeah. Um, so was it up there with your fear of Eddie Large? No, I, I, it was a subconscious thing. I think I just always ate like uh, the main crisps for me growing up were Salt and Shake, brilliant crisp. Yeah. Seabrooks. Orig- um, what as a kid? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I'd say even that's that's it really. So I was pretty conservative, really, with my crisps. What flavour, Seabrook? 
Ready salted? Prawn cocktail. Oh, lovely. And maybe I maybe prawn cocktail. Then maybe that got me into prawn cocktail walkers as well. Right. So I was on the I was on the prawn cocktail spectrum. Yeah. Um. I was eating the salt and shake. I wasn't putting the salt. How in far? The salt and mean, shake. like how far along the spectrum? On the prawn cocktail. I, I mean, I think spectrum. Because yeah, wrong... spe- spectrum is a spectrum. So. Yeah, no, that was the wrong word. I was on. I was on the prawn cocktail continue, continuum. Continuum. That's even. I'd say that's more confusing than spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's the way I was staying. And then one day, I just thought, oh, well, I might as well give these monster munch a try. It could have been anything. It could have been they were the only crisp available somewhere. Mm. I've never become. Mm. I've never become passionate about monster munch. Uh, it sounds like this is your your right passage, really. The Maybe. Thing. Yeah, I, but I do find them a little bit. You're clog, not claggy. I, you're talking to the wrong person. You know. Yeah. I, I, I no, look, I don't want. Look. I'm, I'm, look, it's not a hill that I want to die on, uh, and I don't want. I want, want you to continue. You know your relationship with Monster Munch. We don't want our listeners switching off, not coming back to this. Do you think a lot of people feel passionately about Monster Munch? I'd, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Do do write in. Uh, where where do you stand on Monster Munch? Should we talk about it more often in this podcast? I feel like every but now and again I um, say something quite controversial. That I don't mean to say, it, and this might be this might be one of them. Like when I talk when I talk about watching Wolf. On nine eleven, yeah, a few people have wrote in, have, have wrote in to yeah. admonish me for that. Yeah, oh, did we have write-ins on that? Yeah, Tommy C, a young man called Tom in Liverpool, who's a listener. Um, he just couldn't believe that I'd watched Wolf on nine eleven. I, I, I can't like I, I, um, I googled Wolf after that episode, and when I and, I, and then I, I remembered it, and I can't believe you were watching that at age fifteen. And watching that instead of nine eleven. I mean, you, well, didn't, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't find it in the end, did you? Let's not rick over old, yeah. old graves. I've, um, I've got one more quick thought, sorry. Yeah, go on. Um, do you know what I've never seen represented on the screen until I watched this film? Another thing. Um, and I might be wrong on this one. No. Baby Bell. when she got back from Spain and she was looking through all the posts she was eating a baby bell really yeah there's some good cinematic snack action then isn't there in this film really well I'd just say that Lynn Ramsey she's just got the eye for detail like for working class life like mm-hmm. it, it, like it's just like in all in every frame yeah really and that that baby bell and I don't know, is Baby Bell working class or is it a bit more middle class? I mean, they're not like that cheap, are they, really? I think Baby Bell, I always feel like you get a lot for your money with Baby Bell. Yeah, yeah. Baby Bell and Monster Munch, she didn't put, like, Port Salou on screen. That would be, like, a middle class cheese, yeah. it? Or, like, Borsan. She put Baby Bell up on screen. She could have chose Brannigan's, she, Crisp. She put Monster Munch up on screen. Would you say Brannigan's is middle class? 
Yeah, yeah, I yeah. would, I would, I would. They, like you know, double the thickness of a regular crisp. Mm-hmm. Really, there was a pub we went to in Winchester called the Wickham Arms, and it was it was a posh pub. It was a good pub, but it was a posh pub, and yeah, they they sold Brannigans. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I just want to ask you about one thing. Yeah. The number of baths in the film. Three, I'd say three baths. Three, three baths. Yeah, and you're mm. notorious for your aversion to the sound of water. I I found it in this film. It was p- perfect. It was done really well. Right. I I don't like pouring water. Okay. I, I don't like sound. Of, I don't mind splashy water. Right. And also like the way it's recorded and mixed. You know, like if you watch a serial advert. They do the whole ASMR thing. They go to town on mm. it, pump up the gain. Oh, it's just horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was like a nice, realistic depiction of a splash. Splashes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Because yeah. I, I thought of you then. I thought. No, no, I, I wasn't going to come come at this film on that on oh. that level. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a different. That's a different I've, issue. I've grown. I've grown. All right, what time are we on? Uh, we're on two, 38 minutes. So we've got 22 minutes left. Yeah. What's So, ratings. Okay, oh, can we just quick, quickly talk about the soundtrack? Yeah. Potentially the best soundtrack um, I've, we've come across in this project. Amazing. Um, I didn't know you'd be that passionate about it. Can. Yeah, I, I mean, I had to look them up. I had um, Shazam Ever Ready in this film. Right, yeah. That's uh, a different film, though. <laughs> Is that with uh, Shaquille O'Neal? I don't know, but it's a, that's a different. It's a superhero film. Oh yeah. Um, no, no, it's a recent film, Shazam. Okay, what's on? Is Shaq Shaq as a genie or something? Isn't that uh, isn't that a uh, butterfly effect? Isn't that is Shaq Shaquille O'Neal starred in a genie film? Butterfly effect is um, is uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who presented Punked. Yeah, that's a film with Ashton Kutchner. But um, isn't the butterfly effect collective society has a collective thought that's wrong? No, it's Uh, Mandela. It's misremembered. Mandela effect. Yeah. So people think it's catch the pigeon, but it it was stop the pigeon, things like that. Yeah. People thought Mandela had died, Mm -hmm. he never died. And so, what's and Shazam and Shazam is the film with Shaq in is a Mandela effect. Isn't isn't Phenomenal. that one? Of the, isn't Phenomenal. is it that or is it that Will Smith was in a genie film? But he was, wasn't he? He was, he was Aladdin. He was the uh, genie in Aladdin. Yeah. Uh, there, there's definitely. Um, I think it is that. I think it's Shaq in Shazam. I th- uh, or like, it's called Shazam. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you you ring some bells. I, I'll find out next week for you. But there's definitely a Mandela effect involved in. Uh, a, a genie film. Um, can yeah, Stereo Lab yeah, Lee Hazlewood yeah. I had to look that one up. Oh. I, I knew the song, but I just didn't know who it was by. That I thought I thought album. it was Scott Walker mm-hmm. at first. That whole album's brilliant. Lee, Lee and that Nancy is Sinatra. it? Yeah, sounds like a guy. Sounds like Lee. Who's the guy who does the the pranks? We throw through loads of money at Seb Blatter or something. <laughs> um, I can't remember what it's called, to be honest. Lee something, is it? Uh, yeah, Lee. I don't know. Not Lee Evans. 
and, and he, uh, Velvet Underground. Oh right, yes. Yeah, I thought you were looking up that that, that actor, uh, Velvet Underground. Uh, I'm sticking. Oh, oh yeah, you. that was very powerful. That bit. Mm. It was that where she? That was where she was cutting up the body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the the final song, um, by the Shirelles. Um, what was it? Yeah, the final song wasn't it? Um, it was a. It was the Mamas and the Papas. Was it the Mamas and Papas? Yeah. Um, dedicated to the one I love by the Mamas and the Papas. What, right. a, what an absolute hammer. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, that was just brilliant. What an ending. And then I'm looking at the soundtrack now. It says also there's Lee Scratch Perry on there. Yeah, Hold On Death. Is this the best time for you to share that Lee Scratch Perry recording you've got from your <laughs> Bido Leto days? Have you, have you, please tell me you've still got that. Um, I don't know if it was a recording. I think it was a transcription. You, <clears throat> you had a... No, you, you had an audio recording of an interview that you'd done, or someone had done with Lee Scratch Perry. Torpy. Torpy. And, and he was just riffing, saying, like, Goldie Gook and stuff. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember, but I, I, I feel like it was a transcription, not a audio for some reason. It was 110%. You've heard it. You can remember hearing it. You sent it to me by WhatsApp. It was right. an audio recording of him just not answering the question <laughs> and just saying absolute... Jargon. I'll ask Top if you still got it. I mean, it was priceless. You need to hold on to that. That's like, I've got, I need to hold on to Danny Goffey. Yeah. Take off your jacket and get into it. I've got all the stems. Why do you need to hang on to that? I have got it. Yeah, but at least Scratch Perry's a little bit more, would you say, influential in music than Danny Goffey, from, the drummer from Supergrass? Yeah, so you, you should hold on to that. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. not me. I haven't got the rights to it. I mean... Who who does? That's that's a that's a question. Also on the soundtrack, there was Boards of Canada. Oh, was it? Uh, Leon was and, that? And Apex Twin. I don't know. There was over the closing credits. There was an electronic track. I don't know if it was Apex Twin or Boards of Canada. Well, Boards of Canada Scottish. They were on that label, likely with um, all those guys. Yeah, no idea. But yeah, fantastic. Yeah, brilliant soundtrack. Yeah, I'm, it's something that I'm gonna look up on Spotify and find it. This film also had a bit of a Thelma and Louise vibe. Yes, and I was going to say that I really, really enjoy films about female friendship. Okay, good. Do you, do you know any any others? One. What Other. is it? Booksmart. I've heard of that. What's that? It's an it's a relatively recent film about two high school friends. And it's, and it's who's it? Who's that directed by? Um, it's got it's got the the sister of um, Jonah Hill in it. But I don't know who's the director. I've heard of it. Who's in it? It's a really really good film. I'd, re- I'd highly recommend it. It might be on iPlayer at the moment actually. Yeah. Uh, Thelma and Louis- Louise and films about female friendship. No, I'd like to watch more. I think. Yeah. Um. I, I, I bet you know what I bet there isn't many because because of 
patriarchy. It's bloody sad, isn't it? Yeah. And we mentioned Gypsy, Howard Marks. So that, that band that he was playing were Tarafte High Dukes, which um, I, I'd give them a good listen to there and I yeah. had, a, had a great time. But it does veer on the klezmer and I'm still still getting over... Um, Black Cat, White Cat. Yeah, in terms of the klez- klezmer. Yeah, that film traumatised you. Geese count, which brings us nicely on to geese count. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how many geese did you count in this film? Um, none. Unless there was some in the running of the bull scene, but I don't think there was. But they wouldn't, they wouldn't have been out of place, and to be fair, they could have put some geese in there. With it being set at Christmas time, I was looking out for whether you know there was any boiled goose or roast goose. Boiled. Yeah, uh, roast goose. Um, there wasn't, but they, you know, they, if they cooked a chicken or turkey, they might have used goose fat on the potatoes or something. So I, I give that half a point. But then they didn't show any Christmas dinner in this film, even though it's set at Christmas. Yeah. Unless you count the time she ate with the grandma. What were they eating? They didn't show it. Frozen pizza was the only food they showed in this oh, film. Oh, yeah, frozen pizza, yeah. Um, so... Uh, just on that, um, she didn't preheat the oven. Are you sure? How do you know? Because she put the pizza in and then she turned the oven on. Where do you stand on that? Uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty um, steadfast. I thought, uh, I thought you would be. Yeah. Well, what, what do you mean by that? Yeah, you're just a, you're just a guy who abides, abides the rules, abides by the rules. No, because I think people like you think that it's pointless and Claire's the same I think that's a I think that's a snap judgement on me you haven't even asked me yet okay you can ask me the important part the important thing about preheating the oven is one you know how long you're putting it in for because it's that's the instructions say preheat so they're not telling you 20 minutes from turning the oven on they're telling you 20 minutes from a preheated oven mm. that's one thing yeah 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 I, Sam most of the time I preheat the oven okay yeah it's only once in a blue moon that I don't. If I don't preheat it, do you know how long I give it? Uh, do you know how Five much? Minutes. Do you know how much extra I give? I add on oh. if I don't preheat. Ten minutes. Seven. Right. <laughs> <laughs> do you really? Yeah. If I haven't pre, if I'm putting a pizza in and I haven't preheated it, I'll only add seven minutes on top of it before I check. I think that's sensible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm quite sensible deep down. Um, when you microwave something mm. and the, the instructions say stir halfway through, do you do that? Um, I'd say more often than not, I do, yeah. I'd say probably a good 80% of the time I do, yeah. I always do. Yeah. I haven't got the, the balls to not do it. Because I'm, I, I'm, I feel like I, it's something that I've been burnt with in the past and it hasn't worked properly for me when I've... Because you've got cold pocket and mm. like the rest of it boiling Or it hot. clags up, that's the problem. yeah. If you don't stare at it, things might... I've used the word clag quite a lot in this podcast. It groups together, it uh, congeals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We need to move on, Chris, we need to move All on. Alright, I've done my ratings. So, your life in 2002... Um, I just want to, I just want to check before we move on to that. 
uh, have you got any new stand-up ma- have you been developing any new stand-up material um, re- recently I've got a couple but it, it, I'll, I'll tell you brief. I'll tell you very briefly what they are maybe you can come back to it next week do you want to give us one this week and one next week um, okay I'll give you the weaker one this week okay go on um, it, it's a bit of sort of like John Bishop I'd say I can imagine John Bishop good, doing this good good stuff you're moving up in the world um, is it about white white trainers? No, no. It's no matter how drunk I get, yeah. Um, I'll always have plugged in my phone to charge overnight. Good, good. True to life, observational, observational. Yeah. Um, so with that, I could yeah. go on about how drunk I was. I could have done this. I could have done that. Yes, um, yes. I could wake up covered in my own feces. Good. Um, I could. Have, I I woke up in a Japanese family's rec room and they wouldn't <laughs> stop screaming. Covered in my own feces, um, and I somehow managed to somehow plug my phone in. and somehow the phone still plugged in. That's why. That's how. You or I could say, hundred percent on the battery. Yeah, on the battery. Yeah, that'd be good. So you've already said it's still plugged in, and then you do another bit, and you come back. Guess what? 100, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. You think that's a universal thing? I think it's universal, so I think everyone will laugh at it. So I think that's it's bankable. You know, you can you can, you can, you'll be bankable. You can do the clubs. You can do the club circuit because you're you're you they, the 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 promoters they want a sure thing. They want a sure thing. Mm-hmm. None of this experimental alternative comedy BS. They want they want someone dependable. Right, okay. Brings the laughs. Do you think that's an opener then? Before the aspect ratio stuff? I think open with aspect ratio. I've always liked that as your opener. Uh, I'd pop this... um, I'd pop this in the middle and at the end I would would do the... um, the, the Picking up the dog. The dog dirt. Okay, small dogs. Small dogs, that's my favourite. That's what you close with. I think this one should go in the middle... Mm-hmm. Oh, I was so drunk the other day. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, phone was still plugged in there. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Um. So in two thousand two, I um got my first proper girlfriend. Did you? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's quite confessional. Normally, you skirt past these things. Well, I mean, I can't not talk about this, can I? Good. I I commend you. So um. Who was she? Um, she was a girl called Mercedes. Can you tell me any more than that? Uh, just ask, ask me some questions. Was she the same age as you? Two years younger. Was she two school years younger? Was she at your school? Yes. You were you held back. What do you mean? A year at school. No way. <laughs> um, no more thing to say. No, no. I was just checking. Um, uh, so, and she's was she taller or shorter than you? <laughs> she was short, shorter. I've never been out with a girl that's taller than me. What colour hair? Uh, I think naturally brunette, but um, bleached. Was she from Bransburton? Well, this will interest you. Okay, yeah. Born in Portsmouth. 
I've been there, yeah. Um, raised in Hornsey. Honky for Hornsey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, international. You could say that, yeah. Nas- national. N- national, yeah, I went national. And what were her interests? Did they align with yours, or was there a disconnect in that regard? Um, a lot of interests aligned. Um, she really liked the film... Oh, I want to say... Woof. <laughs> that's not a film. Uh, I want to say um, Shaolin Soccer. What? You were 16 when Shaolin Soccer was out? Um, yeah. Uh, Shaolin Soccer. Stephen Chow. Well, uh, well uh, this relationship lasted five years. Oh, oh okay. But I'm pretty sure that Shaolin Soccer was already out by the time we were dating. 2001, yeah. Wow, we. Okay. You both liked that I film. didn't like it. You were pretending to like it? No, I, I didn't even pretend. But I think that was the first crack. So what hobbies did you have in common? You, that's what that was. I thought you said you did have stuff in common. Oh, yeah, we did, yeah. Um, I did the most romantic gesture I've ever made for this girl. So. Go on. Marriage. Still Tef. Pardon? Still Tef. Where from? Two different locations in the East Rider. Using a sort of tool for chopping it, like a cutter, using a turf cutter. Dug it up with a dug it up with a spade in the dead of night. Why? Why did she want you to steal grass? Um, a mum's back garden, not a euphemism, was um, like overgrown, not very nice. Um, I had a mini metro. You had a mini metro at sixteen. Uh, yeah, I think we're talking seventeen now. Right. 16, 17, yeah. You've always struck me as someone that doesn't drive a lot. Yeah, but I mean, so I passed my test when I was 17, uh, would drive to sixth form every day. Did you? Yeah. Drive to Hull. Did you? Mm-hmm. So your sixth form was, wasn't was in the village? It's in Hornsey. Right. Um, but this is, this is pre... Six form, I think. So you were a big deal anyway. You had a mini metro, so that was some cachet that got you in with Mercedes. Yeah, and we'd listen to um, Kings of Leon. Yeah, uh, first or second album? First album, we both really liked that. Yeah, it, it was good. It was a good album. Um, first, second album was really good as well. Yeah. And then it all went totally wrong. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, Norm mentioned, uh, on a Norm episode, mentioned a gig where we saw Kings of Leon support the music at Bridge Bar. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. Sadie, so she, she was caught, her name was, I don't have to get into that, she was at, she was, she was at that gig. Um, Who? I thought she girlfriend. was called Mercedes. Mercedes. Well, Sadie was what she went by, really. And, why did her mum want you to chop turf? So I uh, so I went to a like um a little bit out of Hornsey, I went to like a bank, a grass bank. Uh this was about four in the morning. Next to a road? Yeah. Me what, an A road or a B road? Oh, or a country road. If it was the motorway that grass bank would be called Soft Estate. The the highways agency called Soft Estate. And it, it, yeah. No and this was a country road. Country road, yeah. Yeah. I assume it was council jurisdiction. Probably, yeah. And then the the second location was Holgarth Park in Hornsey, the biggest park in Hornsey. Well, that that's quite that's probably the more risky one. 
big. I mean, a, a national trust. No, 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 no. Because that, that's that, you know, that's vandalism. Yeah, that. no, it's more like you know, East Sefton Park or something. Like that. Mm. Um, so how much? Um, how many roles? I'm gonna. Turf? I'm gonna say we got about six square meters. Set eight, eight square meters. Is that impressive? It, it, it is. It is. Four o'clock in the morning. Did Did you cover her garden with it? Mm-hmm. And it, it you know, it, and it, it it lasted. It bedded down, and it it lasted. It completely transformed the lives. That's a you re-turfed her, yeah, her garden mm-hmm. for, with stolen turf that you dug up yourself. Yeah, for two different locations. I'm, I'm really impressed by that because I, I think of you as, um, to be honest, very um, switched on with media and uh, that sort of thing. But I don't imagine you in the, with a spade in your hand like... Like uh, digging up turf. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, can dig up, I can dig up turf with the best of them. Is that is that upset you? Um, so, a little bit, yeah, 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 yeah a little bit. Right, okay. You know, I've yeah, I've um, painted painted brooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sanded. Yeah, yeah. I take it back, Sam. I take it back. I take it back. Uh, and yeah, well, that's two revelations. Why I had a mini metro and I still turf. That is. Literally two revelations this mm-hmm. this episode, and so all my rash judgments about you are taken back. What was happening in your life in two thousand and two? Is that is that it? I feel like I've I've, I've upset you. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm I've got an eye on the clock. I've got an eye right. On the clock. Okay. Okay. Um, how did that relationship end? Cause well, that's an, that's that's a story for another episode. You stayed with her for five Let years. Just tell you this. We were in different countries when it ended. Harsh. Harsh. Okay. And you were with her five years. Mm-hmm. You did a great deal for her. What 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 stopped you from uh, going and buying turf? Was it really expensive? I don't think it crossed my mind. It prob- no. prob- Probably the cost was the, the limiting factor, yeah. Was it spare of the moment thing? Oh, no, it was premeditated. Right. <laughs> um, we, we got up at like three eight, three o'clock in the morning went to bed got up at three set our alarms got up at three o'clock in the morning I think it was me her and her friend Katie right still tough was it a laugh as well yeah it was, it was great yeah. daft laugh that's like my neighbour my neighbour buried his cat in the <laughs> graveyard opposite at like 3 a.m. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Then they've got, so it's like they know, they'd know where it's under a, by a specific tree so they can go and visit the grave. That's good. Don't share the location on here. No. I mean, it was, it was dead. It was dead already. Um, the, the cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> um, and how old were you in t- 2002? Um, I would have been 20. Um, I would have been at my second year of um, university. Right, okay. I, I mean, I, did we talk? We didn't. So we had Liam on last time. Yes. Yeah, so I'd been in Hong Kong half the year and then I started university that September mm-hmm. in the last episode. But So I haven't talked about university. So 2002, I'm at Exeter University. Uh, I'm studying drama. There's uh, about 50 people on the course. And I was one of the only 
people on the course who didn't audition to get in. I just got in off the back of my statement. What do you mean? What, what, in what sense? So everyone else, is, everyone else had weaker statements, so they had to get an audition? No, no. Uh, the thing was that you had to audition to get onto that course. So why didn't you? I was not in the country. I was in Hong Kong. They just gave me a place. I, I don't know what, I don't know, you know, don't know what happened. But I think, you know, obviously there's always a bit of luck involved. And, you know, maybe they, people, they'd offered places and, and you know, withdrawn. people have withdrawn. So I got it. What would you have done I, and, I, and I applied very late to get in the game as well. So that, that probably helped in the end. Right, okay. Yeah. May, maybe. Yeah. What would you have done for your audition, do you think? More than Just uh, done a bit of, uh, I might have done that, that bit you talked about. What was that bit you just talked about? The phone thing. I would have done the phone bit, the, that phone bit that you came up with. Uh, you were doing my stand-up routine? Yeah. <laughs> the phone bit, oh, I was really drunk. Uh, Woke up, still plugged in? No. I, I, 100%. Okay. Yeah, you could do that. I was thinking maybe more something like um, Al Pacino's half-time talk in... Um, Any given Sunday? Yeah. I haven't seen it. Um, yeah, yeah, I could have done Pacino. I could have done. I've never tried to impersonate Al Pacino, but I could have could have given it a shot. Yeah. Um, by that stage, I was pretty much just talking about Lizzo from Newsround yeah, course, and yeah. um, Caliban from The Tempest, Shakespeare's The Tempest. Oh, well, that would have been good. Could have, I could have talked about that. I, I mean, literally, just talk about it, <laughs> not not even performing the part. Um, so, did you link the two? Lizo and Caliban. Mm-hmm. I guess when I was doing the teacher training with Liam, I would just try and shoehorn them in a lot of stuff. Right. Um, but I, I was, I was, I was a, I was a jokey guy. I could have done some silly stuff. And what was your um, thoughts on Caliban? Not much. I just, I just like the name. I used to <laughs> mention him a lot. Um, so I was, at, I was on this course. It's where I met Will Dickey, uh, one of my best friends. He now lives in Liverpool. It's where it's where I I, I started, uh, you know, because as I said previously, I was a late bloomer, and so I didn't go through all the adolescent stuff. I'm not talking about sex stuff here. I'm talking about drinking and mm. and and um, and and the old um, extracurricular extracurricular stuff. So like we I we I I we got into marijuana in a big way actually mm-hmm. um, and um, yeah, we were like pretty much all the time stoned all the time and um, we used to make these things called shotties you get a Robinson squash bottle you'd cut up you get a can of coke and cut the can of coke up uh, cut a rectangle out put a pencil on the rectangle roll up this tube, this aluminium into a really tight pipe uh, then put a hole in your Robinson squash bottle, mm-hmm. pop that in the bottom, Put I think put some tape around it, I can't remember, and then you would just, um, you'd put a bit of water in the bottom of your bottle, you'd pack it with a bit of cigarette tobacco and put your hash on top, suck through the nozzle with a lighter on your hash for as long as you could. So where was the hash? Uh, so you so you got a tube sticking out the bottom of your bottle, the uh, aluminium the tube. The aluminium tube from the Coke can that you've... Once you've made it, you can keep this, you can use it all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you put... you got your tobacco in, you s- 
squashed it in, and then you put your hash on top. Okay, so that's what, all right, okay. So you, 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 light, you light it, and then you'd inhale for like 10 seconds, as long as you could. It's bubbling, it's bubbling, the smoke coming, smoke coming, and then and then go as long as you could, and then suddenly you'd give it a massive inhale, suck it as hard as you can, and uh, tobacco would shoot into the water, and it'd give a massive hit, and it, you would, it absolutely bollocksed you, basically, like on a grand scale. So it's like a bong, but like yeah. a much more intense hit. We would do them all the time. Just wake up and do them. Uh, so we had a daft laugh, a lot of a daft, big daft laugh. And um, who was the gang? Me, Will Dickey, Bobby DeMello, Kingpin, aka Ben Verghese, uh Johnny Holcroft, Tri- Triple H, the Wolf, the Wolf, <laughs> the Wolverine. Uh, these 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 are all nicknames for one person. <laughs> yeah, so you got little Ben Vergees, aka little Ben, aka Kingpin, um, Benny V, little wee Ben Vergeesy. We had many names for him. You had Ben Tomlin, aka Beers, aka Schwartz, aka Schwartz who did a shit on his own doorstep. Literally, you've got um, you got Triple H, John Holcroft. He's called Triple H because he was so hairy. We used to call him How Hairy Holcroft. <laughs> uh, but then we also used to call him The Wolverine. you got Will Dickey, Dickie Mint, Dixie Blue. Uh, Bobby WD-40. <laughs> That's what you call him, yeah. I like that. you got Bobby DeMello. Uh, call him just Barbie. We used to call him Barbie a lot in a slightly American accent. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, a little good old Bobby. And then, so that's our... that We were like thick as thieves... And um, yeah, and and started uh, experimenting experimenting with other substances, which you know I look back on with fondness. Mm-hmm. Um, and Will Dickey would take us to drum and bass raves a lot. Uh, he was really into mixing mm-hmm. drum and bass. Yeah, I went along with it. Uh, I liked it. Um, saw a lot of guitar bands in the cavern in Exeter. Mm-hmm. Saw some like pretty good stuff um, Timepiece how do you know about Timepiece uh, either Ed Beam has told me about it or Anna's told me about it Anna I think yeah so I used to go to Timepiece that was more of just like a student club mm-hmm. they'd play a bit of indie and a bit of your student stuff mm-hmm. uh, Arena Timepiece the Cocos you got all your all your uh, all your all your clubs and, um, and what was the vibe generally in Exeter? Um, is it a port? What do you call it? A port? Is city? it is Exeter a port? It's got a river running through it. Was there access to a beach? I think the closest beach was in Dawlish, Dawlish Warren, about 10 miles away or something. Did you ever go to the Tar Barrels? Yeah, we did in... Ottery St. Mary. Ottery St. Mary, yeah. We went, saw the tar barrels. Very dangerous. Men carrying flaming barrels around, walking into crowds with them and stuff. Yeah. Well, we can hopefully we'll get Ed Beamer, who's from Ottery St. Mary, onto the podcast and you can talk about I didn't know he was from there. That's, that's, I can't wait to hear about that, to hear more from him. But yeah, we had our little uh, Thick as Thieves sort of gang and um, it was uh, it was good times really good times there was a the first my first year there I was in halls of residence and there was an SO garage like so 
my first night there, I got a knock on my hall's residence door. You know, I was I was there, clean slate, away from my friends in Winchester. I could have pretty much gone in any direction. First night, I get a knock on my door from the... And this huge Jordanian man comes into my room with a slightly shorter, wider Jordanian man. And their names were Slim and Kenny. <laughs> and Kenny was... Uh, also, he'd just been enrolled. He was also a fresher, and he lived in the room opposite me. And his best mate, Slim, had run away from home in Jordan, and was sleeping in Kenny's room in the hall's residence. Wow! Uh, on the floor. So he wasn't in the university. Not even enrolled. Just like totally got in. A big guy, and they were just knocked on my room asking for like if I had any cigarettes or hash or anything. I was like, no, no. And they were like, oh, come into our room. And then, uh, yeah, just started pretty much smoking straight away. So they were friends for life? Uh, them two were best mates. Did you keep in touch with Slim? Uh, I, it's a bit of a sad ending to this story. Like, So Slim was there for pretty much the whole year. I don't know how he managed it. He stayed hidden. So Slim was a big guy? Big guy sleeping on Kenny's floor. Kenny's floor, like after a couple of weeks of being at university, you went in and the floor was just covered in crisp packets <laughs> and like ashtrays and stuff. And like Kenny would just be like, he was a hilarious character who just, we used to call him the turtle because he like had hunched shoulders and like not, not much of a neck. And he wouldn't want to, he'd just get stoned all the time. And he'd be like, Chris, Chris, please, can you go to the SO, please? And when you go to the SO, Please, can you get me some cheese moments? Can you get... He'd, like, just get all three of the... Um, you got cheese moments, bacon fries, scampi fries. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He'd just be like... All the pub snacks. Yeah, like, he'd get all the pub snacks. He'd be like, cheese, cheesy moments, bacon fries, scampi fries. Can I have tango? Orange tango? He'd just, like, list all this crap that... Because we used to do different trips to the SO for each other. And... Um, because we were stoners, and it was a 24-hour SO on our doorstep. That was a big, big highlight. Mm. And, um, yeah, and so I fell in with Kenny, and then our friends, our friends group grew around that, um, and Slim was there for about six months, and then went back to Jordan. Yeah, and then I lived with Kenny every year after that at university. Oh, right. we, we were good friends, and then... Kenny is still alive, I, 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 I'm assuming, um, but Slim, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a sad story, but I, I was texting Slim in the summer holidays, and um, in between first and second year, and this person replying was like, oh, I'm really slow, sorry Slim has passed away. And I thought it was a joke for ages because Slim was a real big character, like an absolute joker, and I, I couldn't take it seriously. And then they were like, yeah, no, and they told me the story about him having a an overdose, like a oh bloody heroin overdose. And then I couldn't really believe it, so I was quite shocked. And then second year, Kenny came back, we lived together, and it was true. He'd gone totally off the rails. when He, he was a bit of a tearaway, yeah. basically. So, uh, yeah, it was really... Hit, hit Kenny as well. Yeah, Kenny was really, um, yeah, really sad about it, definitely, mm. yeah, because he was one of his best mates, yeah. It was just a strange thing. 
anyway, university was a very good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, it, it was just like brilliant. Did, so did you love it from the... Were you nervous before you went? Did you love it from the the moment you were there or did it take you a while to... I, I just loved it from the moment I was there. Well, literally, I think Kenny knocked on my door the first or second yeah, night. First or second night. And um, yeah, just um, going out all the time. And I really enjoyed the... the the drama course, performing, mm-hmm. performing every day and working on stuff, uh, it was it was great. Um, yeah, good times. Okay. And also, Sam, that was the year I had my first girlfriend as well, two thousand and two. Uh, how long? How who was she, and how long did it last for? The name was Sarah. I think it lasted a month. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, I used to take it to heart what people said. I, I used to like not trust my own gut, not trust my own instinct. And I, I think Will Will Dickey said something. That, I think I'd said something like, oh, I'm a bit bored or something of this. And then straight away Will was like, oh, get rid, get rid. Sarah, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I was immature, inexperienced. Mm-hmm. And also the way I split up with you was not, I could have done it better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I think I made up an excuse that wasn't true. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I fluffed it so bad that I said something like, I'm wanting to split up with you because I, I, I should have, in hindsight, just said, I don't think it's this is for me or something or mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm looking for something else or something. And I think I said something like, there's someone else on my drama course that I fancy, which is obviously the worst thing I could have... Why did I think that was, like, better than saying my honest thoughts? Probably because you were tooting the uh, wacky-backy, wasn't it? Maybe, yeah. I just... I was just thinking, like, of the quick... I guess I was thinking of the quickest way to end it. Mm. I mean, all this, uh, it was after a, a relationship lasted a month. I know, in a month yeah. in those days. Like a three-year course seems like eternity, doesn't it? Yeah. So a month seems like a long time. Yeah. The, the, these things are all learning curves, aren't Absolutely, they? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. L- life is not a rehearsal. Mm. Or, or is it? Okay, well, shall, shall I go on to uh, 2003? Yeah, sure. I'll be honest, I'm ill-prepared a little bit here. Aren't we all? But I've got a list of four, five, six. Keep it to three. Cashier by Michael Haneker. <laughs> Excuse me, I've seen it. Okay. Tarnation. I've always wanted to see it. I've, I've never seen it. Brilliant. So, listeners, after a long discussion, Sam has come up on the film... The Return, directed by Andrei Zhevagsev. Good, good, good pronunciation. Russian, our first Russian film. Have we not watched a Russian film? No. Great. Uh, Runtime? 110 minutes. Synopsis? A story of two Russian boys whose father suddenly returns home after 12-year absence. 
He takes the boys on a holiday to a remote island on a lake that turns into a test of manhood of almost mythic proportions. Great. 4.1 star rating on Letterboxd. Mm, not into the Letterboxd thing. Too bad. Too bad. Too bad. Have we got a word or a phrase that could sum up this week's episode? How do you feel about this? Yeah. Read the bathage. Read the bathage. See what I've done. Yeah, spelled R-I-T-E-S, the bathash. Yeah, yeah, could go with that. Was there anything else? Um, Female friendship. A tale of female friendship. Read the bathash. Read the bathash. Monster, monster munch. Monster movie, monster movie bunch. The wild munch. The wild munch. (laughs) (laughs) I like that, I like that. We'll go with the wild munch. Yeah, print it, print it. (laughs) Uh, We're going to go and get a kebab now. Yes. From Friends Friends Kebab. Absolutely. Brilliant.